Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Courtside Fracker, uh, I guess we'll call it. Um, this is going to be a conversation between myself, Greg. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing uh, good, man. How are you? Not bad. And Kay? Yeah, I'm good, bro. How are you keeping? I'm not too bad, man. I will be talking about the one and only Kobe Bryant. So, obviously, if you've been living under a rock, I don't even think you would not notice if you lived under a rock, but... Um, on the 26th of January 2020, Kobe passed away along with his daughter Gianna. Uh, John and Kerry Albertelli, along with their daughter Alyssa, uh, Sarah Chester and her mm-hmm. daughter Peyton, uh, assistant coach Christina Morsa, and pilot Ara Zobayan. Um, we didn't want to spend this pod really talking about that because really what we want to do is uh, appreciate and, and talk about Kobe, uh, all the memories in his storied career but I felt it would only be right to spend just a moment at the beginning of the podcast just acknowledging all of those people who passed just over a year ago so uh, with that being said guys uh, Kobe being Brian um, I'll start with you Greg just because uh, we've we've discussed a couple of times um, my introduction to Twitter kind of you you were one of the people I followed first and and for those of you who don't know Greg, um, about 10, 10, 10 years ago or so, he was the uh, premier uh, Kobe man on, on the timeline. Um, but despite that, you've yeah, yeah. For those of you who are listening uh, and not watching, he's, he's got his Kobe's up. Um, signed Kobe's. Signed Kobe's even. Um, yeah, you were the premier Kobe man, um, but you were always a fan. So uh, let's start off with, I guess... When you think about Kobe, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The first thing? Yeah. Um, boy. I would say playoff battles. Like his ups and downs in the playoffs. Um, on the upside, I would say like his battles with Boston, his battles with San Antonio um, and with Phoenix as well. I think those are some of my all-time great favourite Kobe moments. Um you know, both in his, his earlier days when he was with Shaq and then both in his in his later days with, um well, without Shaq and with Gasol as well. Um, especially that 2010 series versus the Phoenix Suns. I think that's probably one of my favourite all-time Kobe series. Mm. Um, I think game six, that shot he hit um, over Grant Hill at the end on the right side. I remember and then, that one. <laughs> and then they tapped, had tapped Alvin Gentry, <laughs> uh, Gentry and then did the, the Jason Terry Jet um, celebration. Yeah, that's probably one of the most premier Kobe shots ever. They, they had him supposedly locked up, but um, as we'll get on to discussing in this pod, um, making a tough, tough bucket is, is exactly what Kobe does. And how about you, Kay? Obviously, you're, you're a Lakers fan, so uh, you, you think Kobe, you think Lakers. But what's the first memory that comes to mind when you think of Kobe? First memory I can really, really think of is 
weirdly enough, the Kobe and Shaq days, because that's kind of like my first entry into it, because I think when I was younger, when I first started following ball, my mum got me like an Orlando Magic basketball, weirdly enough, and obviously Shaq was there. Then he went to the Lakers, and then I found, like, obviously found Kobe. And then from there, it was literally just like, every instance of you like trying to play basketball and people would be screaming Kobe when you try and throw stuff in the bin. And <laughs> yeah, I just remember that guy who everyone seemed to think was like the next Michael Jordan because they were so similar. And yeah, man, like many a moment. And I think, yeah, like Greg, it was the playoff series, like the mostly the ups. Like I didn't want to talk about the downs too much because I don't recall. I'm legally blind in those instances. And <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing, one of my favourite things about him was the crazy shots he used to take and make, of course. And that was also the thing I hated about him most as he got older. So it was like a catch-22. Like, I just love to love him and just love to hate him as well. Yeah. Um, both couldn't have said it much better. But uh, let me take some time to, like, read down his list of accolades. So uh, it's a five-time NBA champion. Uh, two-time NBA Finals MVP. He was a uh, one-time MVP. 18-time NBA All-Star. Four-time NBA All-Star Game MVP. 11 times All-NBA First Team. Two times uh, All-NBA Second Team. Two times All-NBA Third Team. Two times All-NBA First Team uh, or Defense. Three-time All-NBA uh, Second Team or Defense. Two-time NBA Scoring Champion. Slam dunk champion, NBA All-Rookie team, number two, second team, sorry. Uh, his number eight and number 24 is retired by the Lakers. And looking back at his um, high school days, he was first team parade All-American in 96, um, fourth team parade All-American in 95. He was a McDonald's All-American. And of course he had the two Olympic gold medals. Ugh. It, it, it reads off the page like very, oh, very- yeah, you forget about the you forget about the gold medals. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What, what year was it? Two thousand and eight. When we against the, the Spain, yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah he had some crazy shots down the stretch in that. Game. You know what? Yeah, it was around two thousand and eight. Was when people were starting to have that discussion: Is LeBron the best player in the league? Obviously, this was kind of like when Kobe finally had a roster that could actually like win win titles. And that final for me was so defining because it was tight down the stretch, and you could see like LeBron kind of stiffened up, Wade kind of stiffened up. And Kobe, like as the senior guy, basically, like you said, took over down the stretch, uh, made some big plays at, at the end of the game, and and iced it for them basically. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's one one of my favorite favorite um, Kobe Kobe memories. Um, yeah, that 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 uh, two thousand and eight final. Um, forgot to mention fourth time, fourth all time in NBA scoring, thirty three thousand six hundred forty three points only bested by LeBron James, Karl Malone, and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. Um, right, there were two Kobe's. There was number eight and there was number 24. Obviously, both jerseys retired by the Lakers. Um, which was your favourite Kobe? I'll start with you, Canyon. Which one was your favourite, eight or 24? And why? Okay. The brothers can see me on camera if you guys check this out on YouTube later. As you can see, I've got dreads. And as Kobe once had here, that's clearly my favourite. The one with the throw. <laughs> number eight. No, I'm, I'm biased against the, the brothers we're here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, Kobe, number eight, Kobe, that was, in my mind, like the most exciting version. Obviously not as refined as 24, because obviously he was in the prime of his career there. 
But number eight was easily the most athletic and exciting. Like, obviously, mm. it's still had personality, of course, as, like, 24 or whatever. But I think it really shone through as number eight when he was still kind of young and brazen and kind of literally just did what he wanted, even though he was, let's say, the sidekick to Shaq's Batman. At the same time, I think that's... That Kobe, I think, is immortalised for me because that's the one that kind of had, like, the swag. Like, you saw him in a dunk contest before, even though he didn't have a throw then. Like, no Kobe. one... Exactly. No one really knows that kind of Kobe. Like when he first came out of high school and he had all like the attitude and he had his walk and everything and he was cool. It's the attitude era Kobe, yeah? That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> pop culture icon, like he was going to prom with Mark Moesho and stuff, like, like Brandy, whatever her name is, sorry. And like that was him. And then obviously, as he became a bigger star, he became like, more serious and obviously he was always serious, but it became like the Kobe you see with Chris Rock talking to him and he's not even flinching when Chris Rock is trying to tell jokes were the thing number eight was my favourite kind as well yeah uh, what about you Greg eight or 24 Um, I don't know for me it's an impossible question but I think I lean slightly towards 24 just because I feel like 24 was just so like refined in his game like seeing Kobe and like, not to say that eight was raw or didn't have this uh, ability, but seeing Kobe, like his mid-range game at 24, his post game, his footwork, like just seeing stuff like that will just never get old to me, especially like um, just those those playoffs with, uh, with the Suns. And this is again, towards like the latter half of number eight Kobe, but just like how he developed his footwork and mid-range game in the post um, was just, yeah, ridiculous. So I think 24, um, I naturally lean towards that side of Kobe because I've seen more of it live. Um, obviously, number eight Kobe was a little bit earlier in his career and I was a little bit younger. Yeah. But I think with an older basketball man that I had when I was getting older, I could, you know, just appreciate 24 Kobe a bit more. Agreed, agreed. Um, I think for me, I will lean slightly towards number eight Kobe. I think number eight Kobe was a terrific defender as well um tenacious um just there's almost you know when you're young and you're reckless and it's almost like you take it all for granted like you're constantly trying to dunk on players and just constantly slashing to the rim um and even not to get too stats heavy but you look at it as he he got older and just his, his shooting percentage just slowly decrease as he became a jump shooter as he settled for those super difficult shots which I don't think many other players in NBA history would even contemplate taking to be honest the shots that Kobe regularly took but yeah mm-hmm. I'd slightly um, lean towards number eight just just for that that reason I, I went back and watched some highlights of, of both and yeah no, number eight was something to something to behold um, number 24 was my favourite player uh, of like you Greg um as much as I dabbled like in the early 2000s, it was uh, uh, around 2007, 8, 9. That's when I really got into the NBA. And um, yeah, I think for a period there, 24 was probably the best player in the league. That's probably debatable. A few players, other players might be mentioned, but I really, really appreciated this game. I appreciated his craft. Um, I felt like he was kind of defined because when he had the first three feet, he just seemed to be like on a crazy trajectory. And obviously they were naturally comparing him to Jordan and like he has three titles by 24, however old he was, I forget off the top of the head now. Uh, Jordan didn't even win his first till he was like 29, 30. So um, how many is this guy going to finish up with? Is he going to be the 
best shooting guard of all time, the best player of all time. Um, by the time he got to 24, um, and it'd been a few seasons, and obviously he was on a roster that wasn't very good. You know the name, Smush Parker, Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown, <laughs> et cetera, oh, et cetera. Kwame. Sorry, excuse my language. What? Chris Mim. Oh, he's wasting Kobe's time. Oh, Kwame. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when, when you look back at, at, at those guys uh, that he played with, and I think every year on year, just that chip on his shoulder got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger um, until he was able to obviously get Pau Gasol in and he was able to... Yeah, we never quite got to see that Kobe-LeBron final that everybody wanted, um, but obviously he, he avenged the Celtics who dealt with them also handily in 2008. Um and yeah, he finished with five. He finished with five rings, man. One of one of the best to ever do it. Um, I even enjoyed the post Kobe, like when he retired, because I felt like he was somebody who was so defined by his basketball. You know those guys who basketballs their whole life. Um, yeah. When they retire, there's just that bitterness in them. When you t- back in my day, and you, you see it when they're commentating and stuff. And honestly, that's what <coughs> Shaq. Um, and you you see it when we watch now and that's really what I expected from Kobe Um, but yeah he he let it go he was happy with his legacy and he completely embraced a a, a new side of life and I guess if you want to add this accolade to us he won an Oscar Uh, not sure how many NBA players can say that Um, Um, throughout his always He's always been involved, sorry to cut you off, he's always been That's involved right. with like films. I remember in 2000 and I want to say nine, I don't know for sure, you can Google it, but I think 2008, 2009, he did Kobe doing work with Spike Lee, mm. where they broke down his game. I think it's against the Spurs, if I remember correctly. It's been a long time since I've watched uh, mm. the actual film. And if you remember, he, he had to play the Knicks, I think, the week before or a couple of days before recording that, that um, movie or that documentary. And he dropped, what was it, 61, 62 or 60 mm. on the on the Knicks uh, in front of Spike Lee, which I think was was hilarious at the time. Yeah, like he, yeah, yeah. He was going to be working with Spike Lee in, in a week's yeah. time. I thought, oh, let me just drop 60 on your team real quick. And yeah. again, in that game, like you could see Kobe's full like mid-range game, just like footwork, like one dribble, foot pump fake, spin, just like just insane shots. Mm. We talk about skill, we talk about scoring, um, and obviously his numbers speak for themselves. But but h- how skilled a scorer was, was Kobe? H- how many better scorers have, have we really seen um, in NBA history? I think his decision-making is, is one thing, and I think, obviously, we, we talk about hero ball, but essentially that's what it comes down to at the highest level. You want your best player taking the majority of the shot. But just talking about his skill and obviously the effort that, that he put into developing skill how, how skilled a scorer was Kobe how, how many better scorers have we seen before or, or since obviously within you guys' uh, NBA memory Aish. tricky one because obviously he was obviously the best Jordan in Mateo who's easily the best scorer of all time like I don't care what these new schoolers say be it Steph or KD or whatever like it's quite clear that Jordan was the most skilled of all time and for someone to be obviously his best imitator, you'd say they were next, but obviously we know it's not that simple. So for me, I think he's easily in like the easily top ten most skilled. I wouldn't, I'm not really sure what position to not even be disrespectful because we've had so many in the league. But in terms of what he could bring, like Rex said, the mid range, the post from the three, his footwork, like everything combined, you can't really name 
that many more rounded players. And like you said, the decision making is one thing. And many players we've seen in this day and age have harnessed that spirit of madness. E.G. Westbrook, who I've divested in. This guy said spirit of madness. <laughs> Even Jason Tatum had it for a bit, but you know, I don't blame him. So I think, yeah, he's easily one of the best scores we've seen. I would, I would say top 10 and probably in the lower half, but that's not a disrespect to him. That's just a case of how many there have been that have been amazing. And he was amazing. Yeah, yeah I think I, I agree with with, uh, with Kanye. Like, I don't know where exactly number-wise I'd rank him, but I'd say Kobe's probably best. Um, the best thing about Kobe's scoring was, like, his volume. Like, there are guys that we know you can average 25, 28, 30, 32 consistently. Um, but, like, Kobe's ability to just average 40 for, like, a month was just, like, ridiculous. Nasty. And not even just, like, once or twice. Like, this guy has you know, three, four, five, six months of his career where he's just averaging like 40, 41. Obviously, we know his, his uh, 2006 series, um, season, 2006 season, he had 81 versus the, the Raptors. Um, I can't remember what year it was when he had 62 and three quarters versus the Mavs. I think that was 2006. Mm, uh, sure. I could be wrong. But it just like his ability to just get a lot of points and just to humiliate defenses is just, it was just insane. 2005, um, 2006, yeah. It was 2006, he did the 62 and three quarters? Yeah, it was. It, the game was on the 20th of December 2005, but it was 2005, 2006. Um, Season. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, and yeah, just his ability to just score was, was you know, up there with the best of them. You know, not many not many guys in NBA history have a, a season averaging 35. Um, you know, he does, Harden does, Jordan does, and, you know, Wilt does, you know, back in the... the the old days but um you know from the modern era of basketball I, th- I think it's just those three so that should tell you something sweet sweet yeah i can't disagree um i thought he was uh, i thought he was amazing and um i didn't ever want to support the lakers just because i support manchester united and it's kind of like they're like the manchester united of basketball like the biggest team everybody <laughs> supports them um but i definitely rooted for them um while kobe um played for them um, so many plays throughout his career. Um, Kay, as a Lakers fan, um, what, what are some of the notable plays you, you think about when you think about Kobe? You know what's really funny? One, one I really thought was noticeable or notable before he actually passed was the Matt Barnes situation against Orlando, only to be only to sadly have been bamboozled because he didn't actually <laughs> push the ball in his face, he was actually next to him, he didn't flinch. And that's at the time I thought, oh wow, what a killer. You can't phase this man. Um, so there was that initially for me. I think his battles with Rajar Bell, which are vastly understated, yeah. those are some real favourite moments for me because Any, anybody Rajar listening Bell. should, anybody listening or watching should go on YouTube and type in Kobe Rajar who and watch that video. Yeah, yeah, oh, that just basically like summarizes the whole Kobe Rajar Bell, you know, mini beef and just how Kobe just dominated and scored on him. Dominated. Yeah. <laughs> And the Suns were a bogey team for us around then. So every time Kobe was dunking on them, it just, it just made it even more beautiful. Mm. Um, another moment I think that was really iconic for me was when he dunked all over Dwight Howard. Um, that was <laughs> delicioso. Uh, and even, even just to bring it down to like highlights, like more recent ones that people can remember, I think around the time people were starting to call Kobe washed, I know Greg remembers, and it was around the time that the Nets were first had became the Brooklyn Nets and he dunked all over Gerald Wallace. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was especially sweet because we we weren't very good at that time. And Kobe was already starting to get washed. Well, not starting to get washed. People were starting to call him washed. And so for him to do that, people kind of took a step back. Oh, crap, this 35-year-old actually can still play. Do you remember so, there was talk about uh, Amnesty and Kobe to free up the cap space for the Lakers? Honestly, uh, this league... I think it was this, Mark, Mark, Mark Cuban came out and said something about Amnesty and Kobe. And then the next week or the next day or, or shortly after, the Lakers were to face the Mavs. And then Kobe hit a, a tough shot towards the end of the game, the Lakers won, and then Kobe jumped on Twitter and said, Amnesty, that. <laughs> <laughs> like, at that point, Kobe was the only reason they were even selling out, selling out games. And uh, yeah, yeah, let's not even, let's not even get into all that. Um, yourself, Greg, when you think about plays, you mentioned that play against the Suns, which I remember so vividly. What, what other plays come to mind? Um, I think, again, versus the Suns, 2006, when he hit the... the the layup to tie the game and then overtime hit the, the right elbow jump shot at the buzzer. Um, I would say 2009 finals, that shot over Dwight Howard, the layup when he's going across the basket and he just hangs in the air for like, almost seems like forever. Uh, and then in 2010 finals where he scores like 20 something straight um, in one of the games, that's probably one of my favorite Kobe moments as well. Cool, cool. Uh, when I think of myself, I think of um, there was one play where he guarded, well, a couple of plays, one where he guarded uh, D Wade full court. Yeah. And he, ba- yeah, he basically didn't let him. This was when Kobe was no longer what I'd call a uh, all NBA caliber defender uh, throughout the stretch of the game. He could still do it in, in patches. Um, but um, <clears throat> yeah, defended D Wade um, up to court and basically. Took it off him. Um, I think he did, and then there was another play when he um, did that to LeBron because you know when you're like the older guy in the league and he's quite a bit older than those guys. Um, when these guys are coming through, it's always like, oh, the, the, the new stars, you're, you're washed. You, and he always used to kind of relish. He used to kind of relish that challenge, showing them who was uh, still the top dog. Obviously, the Olympics final in 2008, um, coming through in the clutch. Um, game winners. There's a game winner he hit. Uh, in Miami, off the backboard against yeah, D Wade, <laughs> one of my favorite plays. There's uh, a game in the finals. I think it was a 2010 finals. Um, they lost the game. It was against um, or, or that was 2000. I think it was the Celtics. Um, 2010. Um, there's a play. I think because I think it's the game. Maybe it was game two or game three. But it was a game where he he scored like 35, but they lost. And there's like an efficient 35. And I think there's a play where somebody tried to pass it to him and he, they've gone too high. It might have been Powell uh, Lamar. And just the most like the lightest touch just like went up really high. High than Kobe usually went at that age. Um, just the lightest touch just to guide it back into the basket. Um, oh, this, uh, this was Ali Oop, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah this, was, this was Fisher that threw the pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah the that's, the, that's the game where he scored like 20 something straight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, that um, those are the one I think Kobe. Those are the ones that that come to mind straight away. Um, are there any others? No others. There's so many, but there's no others that really come to mind. I always remember going back to look at you know um, when he played in the uh, in the playoffs back in the nineties, and he he missed those three three jump shots in a row, airballed them. Yeah, right? Utah, Red Utah, and that's supposed that's the making of Kobe. 
After get that, yeah. Well, he was only one funny. That was also the end of Kobe. That disgracefully, <laughs> that disgraceful game of basketball, his last game ever. What made me love him and hate him because I remember thinking, okay, Kobe's out. Like he's gonna retire. Like we've seen this hot. This obviously, this has not been the retirement tour that he's wanted. He's just here to play. He doesn't really care about winning. Oh no, 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 not that one. Not that one. I'm talking back when he was like a kid. Back. Oh when no, he I was remember. Like... I remember that like, everyone saying that was there, making a Kobe. I'm saying as well, like the last game he played was also against the Jazz. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> what, what, that just summed him up for what he was. Just a beautiful madman. Because I got I got two things to say about that. Number one, I remember that game. I was at uni, my final year at uni, and I fell asleep. I went to sleep at halftime. Kobe had like I think it was eighteen or twenty-two at the half, and he he wasn't shooting great. And I was like, you know what? I'm not watching this. <laughs> and I this is sleep. a this is a and basketball. I, I woke up. <laughs> Bruno I woke up, Fernandez. I, I woke up and looked at my phone, and you, there's only been a few times ever when I've looked at my phone and something has instantly woken me up. And I looked at it and I saw Kobe 60 points and I said, what? <laughs> and I remember, going, I remember going through so many notifications and seeing it and thinking, no, this must be an error. And jumping on Twitter at like seven in the morning and seeing Kobe had scored 60 and thinking, why did you go to sleep? <laughs> no, what's yeah. so funny? I, I didn't sleep. I watched that game in full. And what was weird for me was there were obviously Kobe's a warm around the league, but half the Jazz team were wearing their shoes as well. I saw, well, it's half the Lakers team. So that was like a red flag immediately for me. And then I think at some point, um, someone did a deep dive into the game afterwards and said Gordon Hayward definitely fouled him on purpose so he can get 60. And I was like, I don't know about that. And then I watched it again. He's, he's, he's denied it. Oh, he definitely did that on purpose. Of course, you're going to deny it. Like, you're not going to say, oh, yeah. Um, when, he has, when he has point fifty nine, uh, Gordon Hayward steps over the free throw line too early. And uh, they're saying that he did it just, in, just case. in case Kobe missed it so that he could try again. But he's, he's denied it. Oh, no. Do you know what's so funny, yeah? NBA play obviously they step over the line all the time it's never really noticed but if yeah. he did that shit on purpose <laughs> that's fine because you know what's funny he was wearing Kobe shoes that day as well <laughs> the black and gold limited edition all, all, I will, all I will say the second thing I was going to say is Jordan's last game for the Bulls versus the Jazz Kobe's last game for the Lakers was versus the Jazz someone needs to line it up so that <laughs> LeBron whatever team he's on when he decides to retire his last game is versus the Jazz because we had we had forty we had forty five from Jordan, sixty from Kobe, so we need at least you know forty something from LeBron. I, I don't mind the twenty 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 game. It's a nice triple double, real quick. Twenty twenty twenty, do it for Nip, you know, perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was just a beautiful madman. That's the best way to describe him. Yeah, yeah, he he was kind of um, last of a, a dying breed. I think this whole uh, teaming up. To beat everybody, thing probably not wouldn't have been his. That wouldn't have been his steeds necessarily. I think he always kind of just just I just need to go to war with one guy. Um, but other than that, I'm 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 good to go. Um, yeah, and I guess is there anything else we we want to finish up on? Um, it's, it's interesting you bring up that point of like, um, you know, him going to war like throughout the playoffs and his finals, like. When you really go back and look at some of those Laker teams that made the finals, of course they were good teams, but the the way in which the team is constructed is so different to yeah. like the way teams are constructed today that we see in the finals. I mean, I was talking with a couple of guys, you know, offline and saying like, you know, Sasha Vujicic was getting like great, like decent amount of minutes. Jordan Farmer, uh, you know, uh, Vladimir Radmanovic. These are not necessarily bad guys, but when you look at the teams that have been in the finals the last three, four, five years, it's like. You know, you they even make their rosters, play. yeah. Play, it's like, yeah, these guys are a lot more talented in terms of top to bottom. 
um, than the teams that we used to see in those you know late two thousands. Mm. Yep. Right. Yeah, Go on, one final thing for me is like it was very nice seeing like that final like transformation of him like in his retirement like he was so happy just to be free of basketball. He said, "Listen, I think at one point he did an interview on national TV and said he had not picked up a basketball in months, and it feels so good. Literally just spending time with his family." And offering advice to all the young guys coming in the league, and when you saw him at the, at the um, at court side, you just saw him being so free of a man like, listen, there's no chance of coming out of the retirement door playing basketball. He was literally just free of everything. Like he served his time, and he was and he was good to go. Like that was, he was you could see he was very, very, very happy just to be done. Yeah, it was so interesting to me because I think that was kind of the Kobe he let us see, uh, and yeah. the Kobe that he actually was. And it was so refreshing for me seeing how many relationships he had with guys uh, all over the league. And they, they were like kind of sacred because we didn't really know about these stuff. And the amount of guys who've come out to say that um, he helped them out at some point, Matt Barnes, Alan Iverson, he was somebody Kyrie looked up to and Kyrie was close to. Um, knowing that him and MJ were super close, was that was crazy to me because they were co- constantly compared to each other. But it seems like Kobe was like his little brother, essentially. Um, LeBron, all, all these guys, and even through to these guys who are even even younger now. Um, Jason Tatum, who who trained with him, he was always happy to lend his time, to lend his expertise. Um, he has uh, an undeniable and everlasting legacy, really, on on the league. Um, yeah, it, his time was. Yeah, it was a defining period for the NBA, I think. Um, the, the early 2000s were drab. You had the Nets teams. You had those Spurs teams that would beat you 82, uh, 82, 75. Um, league, the league had to free it up a bit. And for the first couple of years, he, he exploded on those really poor Lakers teams. Um, and then when things slowed down and he got his sidekick, he was able to kind of put to bed any questions about him being able to, to win a title as as the main man. Um, all I can really say is that um, it, it was a pleasure, really. Um, yeah, uh, that was my my first favourite player, Kobe. Um, yeah, man, thanks for all the memories, really. Yep, yeah, you summed it up well, pretty much. Thank you for the memories. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, guys, I didn't even think it would go down that way. But um, thank you very much for your, <laughs> for your, yeah, thank you very much for your time this evening, boys. Uh, yeah, it was a pleasure taking a, a trip down Kobe memory lane. I'll probably watch some some clips on YouTube for the next couple of hours now, man. Make a night. Oh, definitely. All right, man. All right, nice one, boys. All right, man. Peace. All right, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.